Dakota State University's podcast about all things cyber and technology. I'm Jen Burris. My name is Gabe Midland. Today we'll be talking about cybersecurity, focusing on offensive security and some of the tactics that are used. Our expert guest today is Tyler Floggen, Assistant Professor of Computer and Cyber Sciences at Dakota State. Tyler, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So like you said, I'm a professor here at Dakota State. I also am the director of the Deep Red Mad Labs, um, where we perform all sorts of offensive security assessments for outside customers. Uh, prior to full-time teaching at, at DSU, I was a uh, red team operator in the Department of Defense for a couple of years, um, doing those sorts of assessments for, for various customers. Very interesting. So do you have some um, secrets stored then from your time with <laughs> sure you can say that <laughs> okay so why don't we just start by talking a little bit about what offensive security is so offensive security to me is a is a proactive type of security in a in a sense to kind of start looking for problems before they actually become problems. So before a malicious actor or before sometimes people like to use APT or nation state uh, kind of come after you or target you, um, or nowadays we're seeing a lot with ransomware, before something bad like that happens, we have these these teams that come in and, and do these security assessments and look for the problems uh, before they can be found by those other actors. So kind of preventative work? Yep, definitely preventative, proactive um, instead of trying to be reactive in the case of security of an organization or company. And why is that important to kind of think about it in advance of these potential Just because it's, activities? It, it's so difficult to to react to some of the, the activities that we're seeing today, especially, again, talking about ransomware. Um, if we all of a sudden have all of our data is encrypted by these ransomware groups, um, it, it's very difficult to recover from that if, if a company doesn't have uh, you know, backups and, and uh, their backups were, you know, offline or not connected to the, the area that they got uh, encrypted. Uh, but it's it's a lot more expensive to have to fix that problem uh, than to pay for someone to come in and, and try to find those those vulnerabilities in the first place. Okay. And so that's kind of looking at vulnerability assessments is that kind of what you're doing then or so all all the different types of uh engagements that we can do are all geared towards uh that that same goal of preventing those problems from happening um the way i like to look at it when it comes to vulnerability assessments penetration testing red teaming it, it really comes down to the security maturity of an organization um, so if it's an organization that's never done anything with security before we're not going to go to the level of, you know, a red team engagement um, because they just won't be ready for it. We're going to start them off with something like a vulnerability assessment or maybe a penetration test. Um, and there's kind of the, those different tiers um, of testing to um, help the organizations along. Okay. Can you explain some of those tiers, what they are and right. kind of what you do? So in a, in a vulnerability assessment, be kind of the beginning tier if the, if the maturity model is, is pretty new. 
um, or if an organization is just starting out, what we're going to look for is, is going to take in some sort of automated scanner. It's going to be, you know, something that goes by pretty quick. Uh, it's low cost, low effort, uh, and look for some of the, the low hanging fruit or the easier things to find on a network um, and, and get those back to the administrators, get those back to the organization so that they can go ahead and fix those problems first. Then we step it up a little bit. If they come back and say, all right, we've done that. Now we want a penetration test. We're going to come back and we're going to start down the same path, um, except we're actually going to go ahead and verify that those vulnerabilities are there. So we're actually going to start exploiting those vulnerabilities if we can find them again or find new ones. Um, one of the pros that penetration testing has that the vulnerability assessments typically don't uh, is the verification portion is actually verifying that what we see in the scans are actually there. Uh, and then we also see in the penetration testing side, um, once we do exploit something, we may find more vulnerabilities later on with some of the new information that we've gained with new accesses that we've got. Uh, and then those portions, vulnerability assessments, penetration testings, we're, we're typically trying to weed out vulnerabilities. Uh, once we get up to red teaming, we're actually kind of switching gears a little bit and we're focusing on uh, the, the organization's ability to detect react and and mitigate the problems in the network so we're really trying to be stealthy um, at this point hopefully most of the the vulnerabilities have been um, dealt with in the network the, the organization has has good patch management good asset management um, they have people watching the network um, maybe not 24 7 365 but uh, they do have analysts on the network watching for for things that are happening uh, and we're just kind of testing them um, to see if they can catch us um, in the network. So as you go up against more advanced adversaries, they have the, the skills uh, and then the policies and procedures in place to, to handle those things. Sounds very involved. <laughs> yep, there's lots of layers there. Cyberology. Um, and I'm very interested in what you're talking about. It, the, the testing of the vulnerability of different... Um, assuming businesses or agencies and things like this, the, the testers themselves, is it just you, a team, or, or, or who does uh, this testing? Typically, it's a team, uh, at least in, in places I've been. Uh, I know other companies, other penetration testing companies kind of do, uh, they might do smaller teams of, of one, or, one or two people. Mm -hmm. uh, but in my experience, it's always been a team of, of three or four people um, kind of working in, in different areas and, and talking back and forth. Um, and that, that collaboration helps out um, when you're trying to solve problems or if you run up against a wall and uh, sometimes we'll, we'll find something, we'll think it's vulnerable and, and we won't quite know how to you know, fix our, the problem or whatever's going on. We can ask somebody across the table from us um, you know, that may have a little bit different experience or may have seen that problem before. So typically it's a, a team of, of penetration testers or red teamers. And, and um, to prepare for this, um, I'm assuming that you're, keeping up to speed with um, various attacks, more recent attacks, so that you can use those strategies? Yeah, so we're, we're wa constantly <coughs> watching the, the vulnerability landscape. Um, things like Twitter are, are awesome resources because that's where, when, when there's a brand new vulnerability, it's going to be on Twitter uh, really? with, within that's... the InfoSec community within wow. the same day. It's going to be faster than, than any news article. Um, so following along with that, seeing what new vulnerabilities are coming out, um, and as they come out, we can kind of integrate them in, and uh, typically we'll take them and, and test them in our own lab environments, and then 
uh, go ahead and use them on a on a customer if we run across whatever vulnerability we're looking at. Fascinating. So how do you practice that then in everyday life? So in for practicing, it's it's mostly just having having a little we'll call them labs set up. So uh, virtualized environments where um, we have these you know standardized systems maybe not standardized, but, uh, you know, I have a window system and I can put different pieces of software on it as we come across those pieces of software uh, in target networks. And then we can uh, try to use them or we can try to use vulner- exploits against the vulnerabilities in our own own lab and, and look at those. Um, other than that, uh, if we typically are doing enough penetration testing where we're, we're not really doing any practice in between them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so why are these a necessary practice in cybersecurity? One of the big things is organizations don't, most organizations don't have folks that specialize in this type of adversarial uh, security. Um, so if we take a, a system administrator or network administrator or, or something along those lines, there are so many different pieces to the puzzle inside of a network and if they, you know, if they missed a checkbox or if they didn't quite set something up right or if they uh, just put in a weak password, um, right, there's that's what we're there to find and help them out and, and come back and educate them and say, you know, this is a problem or X, Y, Z is a problem. Here's how you go fix it. Uh, and then, you know, go through our list of that, you know, that same process over and over again with all the vulnerabilities that we can find. Sure. So what kind of businesses and organizations uh, benefit from this kind of work? Uh, every, every size. Um, so we right now as part of the, the Mad Labs, we do very small businesses up to medium sized businesses. And even we have a couple organizations that are, are fairly large in, in the Midwest at least. Uh, and then from my previous experience doing Department of Defense, um, some of our customers in the, inside the Department of Defense had over 100,000 computers total. So uh, you know, if you talk about some of the some of the small shops that we do now um, that have just a couple of computers, five, ten, maybe all the way up to we were we were doing worldwide operations against 100,000 computer networks. So uh, top to bottom, basically. Wow, that's amazing. And it's happening right here at Dakota State University. Right. That's incredible. Cyberology. How do you manage such big systems then when you get up there to that like 100,000 mark? So as a, as a defender or as an offensive person? As an offensive person. As an offensive person, uh, when we were doing those types of operations, we were in that red team mode. Um, so we were trying to be stealthy, move around throughout the network. And we were not trying to find, at that point, we're not trying to find every single vulnerability. We're trying to uh, achieve objectives while the blue team is trying to find us or the defenders are trying to find us in the network. So um, our objectives were typically defined before we even started. So it could be something um, as simple as gaining full access to the entire domain, um, or we could have made things a little bit more complicated and saying, you know, we want this specific data out of this specific system. So we'd have to work our way around to, to figure out how to get there uh, and pull out that data, um, whether that, that data is PII, PHI, um, customer information, those sorts of things. Nowadays, outside of government, typically it's going to be um, things that we would look for in that type of scenario is going to be customer information um, or IP intellectual property of the engineering um, 
customers that we have. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how do these offensive practices help protect companies and organizations? So again, being being proactive and finding these vulnerabilities uh, is, is going to help them by, you know, having the experienced folks, experienced penetration testers come in, find the vulnerabilities, report on them, um, and then basically say, here's how you go and fix them. So hopefully we, you know, we can't really force them to fix anything, but hopefully it do and it is in their best interest to go and fix all those things before somebody else finds that problem uh, and exploits it for whatever they're trying to do. Again, ransomware is now the the big topic of the day. So if something gets exploited from a, a rogue actor, it's probably going to end up with ransomware on it. Uh, that's kind of where we're at. Okay. So we're trying to, we're really trying to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. So are there certain areas that like, you know, to look when you go into working with different people or does it vary? It definitely varies. Um, there are, there are certain things that after you've done, I don't know, even a handful of penetration tests that you start to see patterns um, of, of things. And, and when I see certain types of um, software, I'll know, you know, where to go look on them and I know how they kind of, the underlying works um, so I can kind of go in and, and maybe abuse them in some different ways. Um, but right off the bat, when we walk into an organization, we, we don't have a, a specific place that we want to go look. We, we start by scanning the network and figuring mm-hmm. out what's there and um, kind of work our way from there, start um, picking based on our results. You've been doing this a while. How, how have things changed over time? In, in testing uh, an organization's um, protection. Um, what kind of uh, differences are there today than there were, say, five years ago or two years ago? So I'd say the, the vulnerabilities uh, are definitely different. And that's one thing we, we commonly hear things like, oh, there's this, this next-gen AV or all these new security products coming out that are going to be the silver bullet and they aren't because there's always new vulnerabilities. And that's that's one of the big changes that we see is just there's constantly new vulnerabilities for software coming out. Uh, we take a product like Windows 10 um, or Windows itself. It's been around for uh, two decades now, longer than that, actually. Um, and we're, we're still seeing vulnerabilities come out for it uh, year after year. So uh, the vulnerabilities change. Um, the overall testing hasn't really changed. We still use similar methodologies. The, the methodology may have changed a little bit, but they stayed mostly the same in the last, I don't know, five, 10 years. Um, there hasn't been any real big changes there. So again, really the, the big one is just that the vulnerabilities, the types of attacks and things like that change. Uh, one other thing we are starting to see or have been seeing uh, is the addition of things in the cloud. So a lot of organizations are starting to use things like Office 365 versus just using Office on their computer, or they're starting to use uh, Azure for their their virtual machines, their um, their servers, right? So instead of having a, a server room in their business, they're pushing it all up into Microsoft's cloud, uh, which there are different, different avenues of attack, again, just different vulnerabilities um, and kind of different aspects to look at there. But from a testing perspective, a lot of it really hasn't changed. We still kind of follow that, that same methodology. Cyberology. Cyberology. How did you get interested in all of this? 
Um, I've been interested ever since I showed up at Dakota State a little over a decade ago now. And I got lucky enough to be picked for, for a scholarship where I ended up at an internship where I basically just got picked to be on the red team. Uh, I didn't, I, I knew I was, I had an internship. Uh, I showed up first day, had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, and they said, you're on the red team, go, go work with them. Uh, and I was, was lucky enough to, to have my technical background and uh, impressed the director and deputy director of my team and uh, kind of kept working my way up in that system and um, kept doing penetration tests and red team engagements and research and, and things like that. But it, it all stems from an interest in just technology and computers in general. Okay. That's fascinating. Can you talk a little bit about your um, work with Deep Red then in the Mad Labs? Yeah, so in Deep Red, um, the the idea behind the Mad Labs, for starters, is that we're able to employ students to get them hands-on work um, in their respective fields or in, in areas that they may be interested in. So uh, right now I have a handful of students that, that work for me inside of Deep Red, and we do penetration tests together essentially as a team. Um, and it's large enough now where we have multiple teams with, you know, handling multiple clients. Um, but we take customers, uh, anybody who comes in and asks, uh, most, most of them are regional, um, again, small, small companies with just a couple computers all the way up to very large organizations, uh, in the region. So, uh, we'll go on and do different types of testing, depending on what they are looking for. And some of them even say they, they know what Dakota State's all about and they're, they're really there. Uh, they're trying to support us and, and help us keep doing what we're trying to do. So we take those teams and we, we do anything from vulnerability assessments to penetration tests to uh, sometimes we'll do phishing engagements, right? Test, testing uh, the users to see if they'll click on the things that we send uh, across the wire, right? In an email or, or something like that. Sounds like excellent experience. Yeah. Yep. So for those students who are interested in in continuing on and doing penetration testing, they're, they're getting the work experience before they even leave school. Very cool. Uh, so going back to red teaming, um, what's it like when you are working together in a group environment on these projects? So working together, um, like I kind of talked or kind of mentioned briefly before, um, it, it's really a, a nice thing to have other people there because everyone has somewhat of a different background. They've seen different software, different applications. So if I run into a wall and something, I can, you know, again, ask across the table, hey, have you seen something like this before? Um, or, or, hey, like we're, we're stuck. Who's got ideas? And then going off on a little bit to a different angle on that, if we're running into an organization that's, uh, you know, very, very large, and we have a limited time to work with them Well, having a team, then we all split up and start looking at different things and, and scanning different areas and, and uh, picking on those results and, and moving around that way. Um, so having a team definitely has, has benefits in a couple of different areas. And why is this important for everyday people? So for the everyday person, uh, you have to think about it as, you know, is your data safe? Um, where, wherever, whatever organization it may be, right? So we've done we've done testing for banks before, right? So people keep their money at banks, right? That's that's an easy one. Uh, and when we tell tell folks, um, or or people are asking, saying, you know, should we get a penetration test? One of the things we say is, you know, what's your what's your number one thing you're trying to protect? 
So banks is an easy one because it's, you know, they get a large bag of money. If we look at other organizations, let's look at Dakota State University. Dakota State has different assets, uh, as we typically like to call them when we do threat modeling. Um, and, you know, it may not be assets in the in the typical way, but uh, we think of those as what about your employee data that, that DSU holds? What about the, the student data? What about uh, intellectual property that's going on with research? Right. All those things. Um, and, and for every business, um, there's going to be something um, that that makes them money. Right. And so in a way that's going to affect someone down the line. Because there really isn't any person untouched by data these days. Right. Right. Yeah. Everyone's connected. Everyone's got, you know, bank accounts or you work with certain companies or you work for a company. Right. And they have your information at, at some point. Uh, your something of yours is sitting on a computer somewhere, whether that's a server, whether it's a laptop sitting in someone's office, you know, mm-hmm. depends on the business. This is all really fascinating. It is definitely. So I'm glad you're on our side. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So, uh, what are, what are we missing? What haven't we talked about that people should know? So one of the big things that some of our, I talked about earlier about security maturity. Some of the organizations that we deal with that have a little bit lower security maturity and they're trying to kind of break into it and and get some more penetration testing done or get more vulnerability assessments is that security is not a one and done type of thing. Um, it is very much a, an ongoing process. Uh, so whether that's having a penetration done, penetration test done yearly or, you know, doing phishing assessments uh, where we're testing and, and, and training the staff of an organization um, to, you know, actually take a look at the emails they're getting. And that's just from our side, uh, you know, from a, a defensive perspective, the the ongoing is, you know, always making sure everything's up to date. So when new vulnerabilities are announced and they come out, making sure to get those, those pieces of software, those applications patched uh, so they are secure. So that's that's probably one of the, the biggest things is it's, it's never a one and done thing. So no complacency or... No right. resting on your laurels right. in yep. this industry. Yep. You can't just get your, get your um, let's say you're, you're an organization, you can't get your systems to a point where they're secure and then, um, and then, you know, fire all your security people because two weeks later, you know, you might not be secure. There might be a whole, whole bunch of brand new vulnerabilities that come out, a whole bunch of new problems. So uh, like I said, it's just, it's not a one and done it's an ongoing process. So you would say that's kind of a growing field then in that it, it's not going anywhere? Yeah, it's definitely a growing field. There's um, plenty of companies hiring for for offensive folks, whether it's in you know doing penetration testing or R&D, right? We have uh, on the larger teams, actually, they actually have researchers doing um, building tooling and, and things like that in the background for those those teams. Um, and, and yeah, it's definitely, as more and more organizations realize that they need this help, it, it's definitely growing, growing our teams as a, we'll say as an industry. Gabe, anything else? No, I'm just trying to <laughs> ingest all of this. This is a lot of information. But uh, yeah, uh, maybe one question. Um, companies who are interested in this kind of assessment, they contact you directly? Or, um, they can. 
um, how do how do they find you? Is it largely word of mouth, or is there um, a number of other entities out there that do the same kind of work that you do, or how do, how does the word get out that you're available to help them with this? So there are there are a number of penetration testing companies uh, or companies that do that as consulting out there, and so if you were to do a Google search, you'd you'd come across a handful that do it. Uh, for deep red specifically, most of our stuff has been has come through word of mouth. Uh, we don't have any, I'd say, really big advertising out there for for our own work. Mm-hmm. Um, but through word of mouth, we we typically stay busy uh, at least throughout the school year, uh, and then dial down during the summer when students are off doing their internships and things like that. Okay, that's great. Okay, anything else you want to plug, Tyler? I don't think so. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you. And thank you to our podcast producer, Xander Morrison. And thank you for listening to Cyberology.